Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. It's really nice to get back into the rhythm of journaling here on the podcast. It's been a little while, and I think I needed to recalibrate to what that is and what that means. And mostly getting out of this space of just venting on the podcast. I actually have like a personal notes app where I'm doing more personal venting, where I'm like unsure about things. And I'm going to express some of that too, like if I'm on a journey of something. But this is not a place for me to like publicly cry out or try to get external validation. I think that's the difference. I think I needed to calibrate to using this podcast as a support mechanism to express and help using the mechanisms of mental health and personality. But that ultimately self-validation is is my work, right? And figuring stuff out is my work. I've also got all sorts of tools to do emotional management and that part stays personal. But then there's other parts of like, what am I trying to figure out related to some of those things related to like maybe personality systems. And so one of the things that's coming up for me that I mentioned in the last episode was around extroverted thinking. Now, extroverted thinking is used by the TJs and FPs in the Myers-Briggs system, ESTJs, ENTJs, INTJs, and ISTJs, or FPs, ESFPs, ENFPs, uh, INFPs, and ISFPs. And they can exist in the other types, but typically in the shadow relationship. Uh, So shadow is sort of the me that I can't see. The shadow part is how we're operating unconsciously. So these eight functions within Myers-Briggs that are, that make up Myers-Briggs that are like kind of the foundational element are something that exists within all of us. Uh, It's just a matter of whether they're conscious, you know, they're kind of in our genius zone, they're in a place of uncertainty and challenge, or they're in a place of unconsciousness within our shadow. And so I'm getting to know aspects of my extroverted thinking, which is uh, a type of thinking that is more about constructive thinking. It's building. It's what are the pieces of information or data that's going to actually be useful that I'm going to deploy in the outside world. Um, or that, uh, that is maybe something that I can put down or discover that someone else can use without having to do, 
you know, without having to use their own interpretation of it. Like what is an objective truth or at least a uh, shareable truth that other people can utilize? You know, it's more like scientific method sort of truth versus philosophical truth, which is more of an introverted thinking perspective. So extroverted thinking is 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 more of a doing relationship, an action relationship to constructing ideas, building, etc. And one of my challenges I'm realizing related to uh, extroverted thinking, two things really. One is humility, which I think has some relationship to uh, an Enneagram 2, because I've had Enneagram 2 relationships in my past that have been challenges. And humility is the is the virtue for uh, ex- for for Enneagram two, and then the other aspect of extroverted thinking, I think, is a relationship to hierarchy, which is really interesting. First of all, I don't like feeling ever like I'm a human resource. That I hate that feeling. You know, I, I've had that challenge with jobs. Um, with uh, right now, I'm dealing with some child support stuff, and there is this kind of cold distant relationship, you know, there's that I'm a part of a structure of an organism of, of something that I'm just being filtered through. And I really hate that feeling. I hate that impersonal feeling, even though I'm an introverted thinker and I can sort of detach myself from a lot of things. I think I really have a hard time with, uh, with, with structures that um, really facilitate having to, fit yourself into the structure, right? So there's a, there's an extroverted thinking, introverted feeling relationship in there in my shadow that I'm dealing with. And so I don't like this feeling of, of, of being a human resource, but extroverted thinking is, is all about that. It's all about looking at people and figuring out what their strengths are and placing them in the proper place. And I think some of that, that, um, some of that challenge, I think, comes from my relationship to not wanting to feel inadequate, right? So if someone is saying, hey, you're good at this and put puts you into a box, to me, that eliminates the possibilities of all the other things that I could be good at, right? Uh, and, and I'm not saying that's true. I'm saying that's like the feeling that comes up. And I've always felt like a person that's been pretty prolific in terms of my art, in terms of creativity, in terms of creative service work. I've been very flexible and I like to learn new things and I like to do all sorts of new things. So when I get shoehorned into a specific thing, like I used to work at Taco Bell when I was 15 to like 18 years old. And I spent a lot of time in the drive-thru because that's what I was good at. And I wanted to do other things. I got so sick of being put in the same spot every time, but I was good at it. And uh, they let me do that all the time. They basically you know, if I was on the shift, like I was the drive through person and drive through was hard, you know, so it's, there's something flattering about <laughs> doing that. It's like, uh, multitasking kind of management sort of thing. And I, I felt like I was pretty good at that. I sucked when I had to work with another person, when I had to do it myself, I can manage everything totally fine. But when I had to like coordinate with another person, that's when I had a really hard time. That's when it became extroverted thinking versus, more of an introverted thinking discipline. And I, I was still doing extroverted thinking. I was doing more of the analytic extroverted thinking of doing the thing myself, right? Because even in, even to an extroverted thinker, you know, they themselves are a human resource in the skill that they are uh, equipped to, 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 to put out into the world, right? And so for me, 
felt feeling shoehorned was really frustrating. And uh, I realized I do that to myself or sometimes I, f- I feel like maybe that is the, often the drive to eventually pivot and do something else, or it's maybe part of my flight mechanism and I'm not really sure personally. Um, but there's some relationship here to uh, humility and accepting that there are things that I can't do right in relationship to that into this idea of like, there are things that I'm good at. There are boxes that I can be put into and I can be utilized for those things. And it's appropriate for me to utilize those things. And I also, for myself, in terms of self-validation, have to remember that I am not just a cog in a machine. I am a person, right? And, you know, that's that's big picture, long life, introverted feeling, eighth function work. That's a whole, that's a whole thing. That's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> uh but but really kind of coming to this place of like, I am not a human resource. I am a person that has creative talents and that has expression, that has uh, things I want to say, things I want to do, uh, things I want to create, and that I am not just uh, a person to, you know, do a specific thing at a specific time, that I'm multifaceted. And on the flip side, there's the humility of accepting that right now there are limits to what I can do. There are, um, that, that by forcing myself to be an expert in an area in which I am not is making things unhelpful. (laughs) I'm being unhelpful in that sense. So there's a humility in the accepting my limits there, but then also not being trapped in a lane at the same time, even though there is, you know, there are skills that I developed when I, you know, developed through college and developed skills that I'm bringing into the world in terms of my creativity and my creative service work. <clears throat> it's uh, that is limited, but also not. There's a lot within that. But once I step outside of those bounds, I also need to be humble enough to express that I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And so when it comes to the hierarchy aspect of it, the hierarchy of extroverted thinking, like extroverted thinking understands, you know, organizations, right? Businesses have an extroverted thinking structure. There's someone at the top, then there's vice executives, there's, you know, uh, department heads, team leaders, you know, the, the grunt workers, you know, janitors, like, et cetera. There's a hierarchy. And now uh, there's a relationship to hierarchy that is challenging everywhere right now. And it's being challenged everywhere right now. Uh, I've heard of a lot of people trying to start coaching businesses where they're like, there's no leader in this group. We're all equal. And it's like for a structure to be built, to be scalable, you have to have some sort of leadership. There needs to be some sort of structure because there are people that need to do things. And then there are people who need to get out of the way of the people doing things or people who need to accept that the person is the expert in this area. And so I need to be a humble servant of that person not servant as in not getting paid, but just in terms of uh, some humility being deployed to let that person lead, right? To not try to get in their way and cog up the works, you know, I should say clog up the works, I suppose. So I'm figuring out for myself that there is, I'm having a little bit of an unconscious relationship to hierarchy that is negative and realizing that uh, there, there's... I think there is some identity relationship that is getting in the way for me accepting that there are people who are better at me than at certain things. 
and people that I'm better than at certain things, right? There are people that I can train and support, which I think is easier for me to comprehend and understand. I think there's an elitism within me that I'm, that I'm accepting and acknowledging also, but also accepting that there are people ahead of me, not in the same territory, but in different lanes of different areas that they're better at, that if I want to learn from them, I need to, you know, I need to step behind them or I need to support them or I need to pay attention or I need to listen. I need to be more humble. Right. So there is this sort of hierarchical, hierarchical relationship to extroverted thinking as a function that uh, I'm thinking that I need to have some acceptance for and to be more versatile with. Right. Now there is this challenge in that it is a balance, right? It's not about being swept away by it and just having someone use me right as a as a human resource but also to not get so swept up in my individuality that i don't contribute to anything and that's really this challenging nuance that i'm i'm trying to figure out right now that is going to lend to hopefully a better movement in my life mental clarity getting out of the way when I'm not needed and getting in the way when I am needed or actually recognizing when someone else is clogging up the works and that they also need to be moved out of the way. Like I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing when someone is emotionally clogging themselves up, like behaviorally they're getting in their own way. They are, doing stuff in their life that is keeping them chasing their tail. And when I have one-on-one conversations with people, I can usually listen pretty well. And if I'm well-resourced and provide uh, some, you know, and notice the inconsistencies in what they're saying and I'm able to support them. That's sort of like the harmonizing subtype uh, aspect of me. I'm primarily a creative subtype. If you follow Dario Nardi's four, four uh, personality subtypes, but um, when it comes to those moments, I, I feel like I'm, I'm providing more of an introverted thinking, extroverted feeling sort of relationship to supporting someone's movement through life. But professionally, I've had a lot of challenges in that area. I've had, I've had, I've had a couple of situations where I've gone through doing work and worked for various companies and over months they've like accumulated all of this feedback that they have about my behavior or performance. And then they throw it all at me all at once. (laughs) I don't know why that is, but maybe I haven't allowed for room to accept feedback, allowed room for uh, the, the feedback to come in regular intervals. And so I'm realizing a challenge there that I'm, I'm personally needing to work on. And then also recognizing that uh, I've typically not wanted to play politics in work. Like I've never wanted to rise the ranks in a business. I think unconsciously I've wanted to, but I think consciously I'm like, no, I'm a creative person. This is just what I do. Like, I don't want to play the office office politics game. I don't want to uh, get caught up in trying to, you know, play the structural sort of performance game. And I thought that was maybe more of an extroverted feeling, politicking thing, but I'm realizing that's more of an extroverted thinking, ranking thing. And it's another, that's another aspect of life that if, 
if you're trying to distance yourself from the game, like I have, like I've, I've always had a lone wolf single player game mentality to quite literally to the point where I do player play more single player games. I don't really play games that involve like teams and squads and stuff like that, that, uh, it's really hitting me that extroverted thinking is something I'm having a, a major deficit in, uh, in, in terms of, um, allowing myself to rise through the ranks or to cooperate or to be measured or to be given feedback or to, um, have some humility around, you know? So, uh, I, I don't necessarily know why that is, uh, I've always had a bit of a lone wolf mentality since I was a kid. I don't know if this is something I've maybe adopted from my parents or there's other aspects of my uh, programming that are kind of sinking into that. Um, But I do feel like the path forward for me is noticing this. And I think most of the time when we're doing any kind of growth work, it's a noticing. It's noticing that it's not only noticing conceptually, but noticing moment to moment, noticing when you get into situations like, how is this coming up? When is this coming up? And how can I make adjustments to, you know, to this coming up? And so I'm still in that process of noticing, but there are all sorts of lights in my brain awakening of not only moments in my life where extroverted thinking has been underserved, but you know, situations I'm about to get into. I'm about to go to Orlando to help with profiler training with Personality Hacker. And I do the filming, I do cameras, I do testimonials, I talk to people, all this stuff. And it may be that integrating that extroverted thinking can be a way of helping me unlock another aspect of extroverted energy that I didn't really know was there, which is, you know, talking to people for the sake of getting things done you know, for connecting in terms of like what someone does for a living, what their expertise is. Cause I've, I've honestly kind of shied away from those really, those conversations. I've usually tried to have more philosophical conversations or even emotional conversations, uh, which has been like the frontier for my life for the past few years of trying to understand my internal emotional relationship, but relational dynamics, more of an extroverted feeling, and even some of the introverted feeling aspects of my life. But now it's like extroverted thinking is this interesting frontier for me where I can, I can use that as a means of like, okay, I need something from you. Can you help me with this? Or I recognize you as an expert in this. I would like to hire you or I'd like to work with you on this and and have that kind of a relationship, which I feel like there's I think each function has its own version of small talk <laughs> and and I feel like extroverted thinking the small talk is around like so what do you do for a living what's your skill set what are you capable of and trying to figure out like you know what what they bring to the table and if they are utilizable and uh, so there's a relationship to not only me being allowed to be used as a human resource when appropriate when it makes sense when I actually have the skill set to lend and I'm being paid and there's going to be an ROI, you know, dividend, but the same thing for other people, you know, when can I utilize their talents and skill sets when they find it appropriate, if I can pay them appropriately, you know, they've getting dividends for it, etc. you know? So one of the biggest examples that I think of with extroverted thinking 
is like the starship enterprise right you've got the captain and then you've got all of these different people that are experts in their various fields you know science officer communications you got the pilot you've got a sick bay uh you know the the medical chief and you've got all these different people that are experts in their field right they're not they may be dabbling in other territories and they have hobbies and stuff like that of course but they are experts in these particular territories and they're being used in that station right they would they would be useless not useless but not as well served in other areas and so there's advance, there's advancement, there's movement, you know, people become captains of other ships and stuff like that. So there is vertical movement, but there's also horizontal respect for everyone's positions and capabilities, right? And so I, I think that's an interesting map in my brain that I'm trying to keep aware of, because that's how we create human organisms and structures. That's how we build something or do things that are bigger than ourselves, right? And so if I have ambitions and... I'm realizing that I have personally, maybe I'm personally taking on too much work that it's a matter of now, maybe I got to find interns or maybe I got to find someone that I can pay to be a junior designer or a junior editor or something like that to, to help me, you know, get some of these things done and start to create a hierarchical structure in my life and not just be a lone freelancer, but actually embrace having a creative service business. Uh, that's, I, I feel that in me as like a, Oh, that's kind of scary because that's like you have to go through financial management. You have to whatever. But I'm being called to, in my life to deal with a lot of financial karma that I've built over the last five years that I'm needing to reconcile. And I can't do it at the pace that I'm doing it now. And I can't do it on my own. And I can't do it as a single entity. You know, I need to start to build a structure around myself to you know, expand the resources. It's like playing one of those clicker games. And I don't know if you ever played a mobile game that has, you know, you start with one thing and you're just tapping a lot and you're getting accumulating gold or something like that. And then you get enough gold and you can buy an upgrade to get two X gold. And then you start clicking that. And then you get enough gold to get like a four X upgrade. And then you know that get another upgrade that's like, okay, it starts clicking automatically. So you don't have to tap. I mean, you can tap to make it go faster, but now it's like double, double because you're tapping and the thing's clicking automatically. And then you're continuing to level up and you're continuing to get upgrades and things like that. I think of, you know, human, human structures, uh, human service providing structures as doing that. And that's kind of the energy that I need to bring into my life is not just being a person that's just clicking, tapping myself <clears throat> uh, the whole time, but I need to make some upgrades. I need to make some investments. And some of those investments are not just in software services anymore. It's going to be in people and uh, making sure that I do that in a way that's respectful to them because I'm learning to be respectful for myself. So I hope a lot of that makes sense. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the bleeding edge of where I feel like I am right now. And I thought I'd share that with you. If there's, I'm like, I'm curious about what your relationship to extroverted thinking is. Uh, and I know sometimes extroverted thinking and hierarchy can also be a levels of development thing to reconcile, uh, particularly in uh, spiral dynamics, there's a level green green really works on acknowledging and trying to create flat structures around equality, trying to understand that 
the human experience, right? But there's two different types of hierarchies that Ken Wilber talks about. There is growth hierarchies, which is the one that I've been talking about, where we develop a hierarchy of an organism, of a structure, so that we can, you know, combine our powers to be a megazord, you know, if you've ever watched Power Rangers. And then there's uh, dominator hierarchies, which is what is typically being, um, which is negative and tends to be what is railed against. It's, you know, when people are talking about the patriarchy, quote unquote, they're usually talking about dominator hierarchies where there's a person or a few people at the top and there's just, it's like MLMs. It's just a constant multi-level marketing. It's, it's a kind of an exploitation of a system. It's not a system that benefits everybody. And what I'm trying to build or trying to be more conscious of is systems that do benefit everybody that, and, and by benefit, I mean, everybody gets paid, everybody gets taken care of, everybody gets respected, everybody gets acknowledged for their expertise and their relationship to what they can build and what they can create. And that the sum of what we're creating equals the Starship Enterprise. It creates an organism of itself because the Enterprise is itself a character, right? It becomes an emergent of all of these properties. And that's ultimately what I feel like I'm trying to move towards is understanding this concept in practice and bringing that into my life and not only in a microcosm, but in the clients that I'm working with as well to help them build their Starship Enterprise, right? So that's the way that I look at it. And it's not about railing against dominator hierarchies. If anything, dominator, dominator, I hate the word hierarchy. It's so hard to say. Dominator hierarchies is something that as a society we are dealing with and reconciling with and, and dealing with the challenges of, and maybe even learning to see some of that within ourselves. Cause I feel like personal growth is always about looking at humans and trying to acknowledge how that's within you. Uh, that's a very introverted feeling statement, but it, it it's that's starting to look at people and realizing like I'm capable of everything that I witness. And so there's a certain uh, empathy and understanding of why dominator hierarchies exist, but then also not becoming one, you know, having the ethical chops to not exploit people as human resources in a cold and distant way but to utilize and acknowledge the talent of humans, put them in their stations and create something bigger than ourselves. Something that is going to have a net positive on existence. So there it is. I appreciate you for listening. My name is Christian Rivera and this is happy chemicals. You can go to happychemicals.org If you are an INTP looking for some support in areas around relationships, career, money. I've got a couple courses on there and uh, I'd certainly love to know if you're interested in any of those. And if you're listening here on YouTube, you can leave a comment, ask a question. If you're curious about anything related to the INTP experience about my growth journey, especially if it's related to mental health and INTPs, I think that's an cross-pollination area that I've been kind of playing with. And uh, what's your relationship to extroverted thinking, your relationship to hierarchy and your relationship to humility and help? You know, what, what's, what's coming up for you when I ask those questions? I'd love to know. So share your story, leave a comment and uh, let's, uh, let's, let's chat away. So I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Happy Chemicals and I will catch you on the next episode. See ya.